Here's Neymar now, Cavani is there. And Saint-Etienne has surely won it in the 89th minute. Calou for Cavano. Oh, what a strike. An absolute beauty for Florian Tobac. Kylian Mbappé wraps it up. Hello and a very warm welcome to the latest edition of Le Beau Jeu. Coming up in the pod, Neymar does it again as Lyon failed to roar. Lucky Angers hammer Saint-Étienne to go second, while Monaco keep a clean sheet at last, but still can't win. Joining me today on the pod is David Crossan. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Dave. Did you have a good weekend? Yeah, lovely. Lots of league Lots of league That's how it should be. Robbie, how, how was your weekend? Robbie Thompson is with me. Uh, uh, thank you, Matt. Good morning. Good morning, Armel, Dave. Um, good weekend. Football Friday and Sundays. And I went to the Pompidou Centre to see a, a live uh, show on Saturday night, which was uh, quite strange and very confronting. There a we go. live show? What? what sort a a one-man show? show by a, a South African called Stephen Cohen, where he... Uh, he, uh, goodness, how can I try and explain this without sounding like a, some sort of Maybe freak? on a different podcast? It was. <laughs> <laughs> well, you saw it. Exactly. Yeah. You saw but it was, it was very interesting. Very interesting. Another and, um, one man show on Sunday night. The name I show. Like the name I show. Armel Tangi is with us. Another busy weekend of League Gun for you, Armel. Hello. Yes, as always. A busy weekend of League Gun for me. What was the highlight of it? Uh, the end of Monaco Rass. a nil-nil draw that 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 you commentated we'll come back to that but we're going to start at the Groupama stadium it was the big one it was Lyon against Paris Saint-Germain on Sunday night Robbie Thompson was the commentator here's Verratti again Di Maria for Neymar it's nicely done Neymar still oh my word what a goal what a simply breathtaking piece of football it was a difficult summer but that is what Neymar Jr. can produce two goals in two games this season for Neymar he has saved Paris Saint-Germain again well Robbie he's done it again hasn't he Neymar in his comeback match against Strasbourg scored in the last minute and he did it again against uh, Lyon. It's been a fantastic week for PSG, who defeated Real Madrid 3-0 at the Parc des Princes on Wednesday night. And this win against Lyon really asserts uh, their, their position in Ligue 1. They're three points clear at the top and seven points clear of Lyon now. That's right. A fantastic, fantastic week. Three wins if we start with Strasbourg last uh, Saturday afternoon. The Real Madrid... The, the, Many talking points. I think the fact that PSG have kept three clean sheets in a row, I think that's four or five in a row now since the Ren game. That's positive. Kaylor Navas hasn't, didn't have a save to make in the last two matches because neither Real or Leon got a shot on target. Neymar, two superb moments against Strasbourg and again last night against Leon. Just really brilliant, brilliant goals. And you just see the confidence his teammates have in him as well. They look for him again. It's good to see him back and, and playing well and not sulking and not, not being a problem. Neymar is a solution and that's very positive. It was a brilliant goal, but perhaps not, not a brilliant football match, was it? Because we've, well, seen, we, we've seen in the past, Leon PSG has been absolutely cracking. Leon have won the last two at the Group Armour Stadium, but they didn't, they didn't really perform last night. I think that's the big talking point, aside from Neymar and Paris Saint-Germain already looking like they're, they're in fine form, is, is the disappointing performance from Leon. I mean... They just didn't play. And I think if you're, when you know you've won your last two matches against Paris Saint-Germain at the Group Armour Stadium, 
you come out and you try and do it again. You at least give it a shot. And if you don't get a result, if you play for a scoreless draw and you don't get it, well, then you, you come out looking with egg all over your face. And that's exactly what Silvino and Leon have. You're, you're Leon at home. You can't, you can't go into exactly. it with, well, with even mindset, if you're, can you? Even if you're Leon at home you, and you feel like you're out of form and you've played a midweek match where things aren't working and you need to, to try and just secure eyes at the back. I mean, that's secure eyes. How, how was that one? For a Dreadfully. When you try and just, look, lock things down and try and defend and try and get a bit of confidence back and you don't get the result, well, then you come out with nothing. And that's the, for, for me, Leon came away from last night with nothing. It was incredibly disappointing to see the way that Silvino set up his team there because I mean, it's legitimate if you're a team that's playing to fight against relegation. But when you're taking on a Paris Saint-Germain team that doesn't have Mbappe, doesn't have Cavani, doesn't have Icardi, that's got to be your chance to start clawing into that deficit that you've got on the other teams that are chasing Champions League qualification because of your poor performances in previous weeks. Plus, it didn't answer any of the questions because he wanted to get Anderson back into the team. Marcelo's actually done very well in the three games since he's mm-hmm. been back in. He did very well against Neymar before he had to go off injured last night. Um, Kone's positioning was all over the place. I think Silvino was talking to him throughout the game. Kone didn't seem to have a clue where just, he should be at left wing back. Explain, Dave. He switched to a three three man cent- central defence, didn't he? With yeah. De- Denier, Anderson, and uh, and Marcelo. The first time, as far as I'm aware, in the league. And he, he said, he, well, he said he wasn't that. going to change formation. He would always play with four at the back at the start but, of the season, and so I, he's already been forced into a change there. I think we should remember that this is his first job mm. as a as a full first team coach he's always been an assistant or part of a coaching team and it's been pointed out that he's made strong choices in previous games leaving the likes of uh, Depay and Alwar on the bench and in, in previous yeah, weeks it strikes me that he's making big choices that he wants to stand by because he didn't bring those two on in the last game when he left them on the bench seems he's really trying to impose his style on the on the on the team at the moment but it's not quite working yet I think what he needs is a bit more flexibility it's still early days in his career coaches can make mistakes like players when they're starting out so maybe Leon just need a bit of time but as a big well they just didn't look like a team that that knew how to play the counter-attack if that was going to be their approach to the game to soak up the Paris Saint-Germain pressure and then hit them on the break they had the mobility in the team to be able to do that with the likes of Ren Adelaide Depay and Dembele but unlike Lille last season and at times this season they just don't know how to play it out quickly enough in order to exploit that pace but, they, but they, they're the same players that can counter-attack very well and there were a couple of half chances as well particularly in the first half where they can these guys haven't forgotten how to play football I mean Dembele is an chances. extremely they, they didn't exciting get a single player. shot on, on target they didn't create a clear chance over 90 minutes at home I, I think I think you guys are being a bit indulgent I mean I I, I, I found it really disappointing because I think Leon have a, a responsibility as well because they are, on paper at least, the second best team in France, to give it a go and to show the others that Paris Saint-Germain can be, can be got to. And It's true. No, I'm with if, you on this If one, Leon don't give it a go, who's going to give it a go? No, I think they got what they deserved. I mean, Robbie says if you get the yeah. point, you can at least say that your game plan worked. But as a neutral watching that game, I was actually very pleased when Neymar scored the goal because for me, exactly. it served mm. Leon right. For their approach to the game, I, they, I, I heard, they, I, they made it a Sunday evening that I was really looking forward to. Quite dull, actually. <laughs> they heard, yeah. Sorry, I heard some <clears throat> Leon fans uh, on a radio phone in, and they were saying, "Well, actually, I would have preferred us to concede early because then we would have changed the way of playing." And and the problem, mm. you know, it was ridiculous to play at home. You know, in the second half, they they sat back so deep, 
And but is this no, due to credit that, to Paris Saint-Germain as well? Well, I'm going, to, I'm going to go there as well. I'm going to give Paris Saint-Germain credit, and, and I think they do definitely deserve that. No, because, you're a new man. Because they had played uh, <laughs> a few days earlier against, against Real Madrid. But you know, Memphis Depay has been criticised. Awa has been criticised. Dembele a bit less so. But it, it, it's hard for those guys, particularly Dembele and Depay, when they're 70-odd metres ahead of the defence, completely isolated against Thiago Silva, who was immense, mm. and uh, you know the rest of the PSG defenders. So yes, credit... Credit to PSG, and I think we should go there now. But uh, Leon have got have got work to do. And just before we started this pod, Rob, Rob was saying, but they looked good, didn't they, in the first two games? And we were wondering if that was kind of like a carryover from the players who could still remember how to play under Genesio. Mm. Everything Silvino looks to be putting into place is not is not coming off. Mm. And they look lost. They look they, they you know I I think it's, he Armel said Silvino will be given time, and I think he's right because that is Olas's way. He's not he's not a, a coach who will fire after three or four bad months. Um, but he's got a lot to do. He's got a long way to go. Just briefly, before we move on, you touched upon something there, speaking about Olas. The, I, I read and heard a few opinions coming after that game last night where Leon fans and uh, people that watch Leon were saying, well, why are we not hearing from Genuinio now? The only person that came out and spoke about Silvino and the situation currently was Jean-Michel Olas. Genuinio was brought in this summer as the sporting director. He brought Silvino with him. Is it not now up to yeah, him? Yeah, but he's not a spokesman. I mean, this this uh, this is a really French thing that to always have people in in a club, a president, a chairman, a sporting director, head of recruitment, everyone has to talk the whole time. You have to pr- protect the players. Does that mean it's bad? No? I mean, croissants are French and they're great. And I this think, true. yeah. <laughs> and I think Olas has always has always been brilliant at that. The feeling was this well, summer. Olas has he, stopped talking, hasn't he? His Twitter account seems to be lying a, a little bit dormant. Compared well, the feeling to was the this summer, yeah, that, would, that he would be taking a step back and that Janino would be the one coming out, particularly in the difficult times. Well, that's what Leonardo has been doing at Paris Saint Germain. He he has been going into the great, mid zone and it? talking. And, it's great. And 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 well, what does why is it great? I mean, what does he have to say? It doesn't matter. It's that smile, that charisma. It's, it appeases everyone immediately. During the whole summer transfer window, this whole Neymar debacle, just having having well, the, the, Leonardo... The whole, the whole point with the situation with Silvino is that Silvino is Juninho's man. And to use one of your beloved French terms, Rob, Juninho is la caution de, de, de Silvino. That he's the person who's protecting Silvino, except publicly he's not doing it. Uh, more fundamentally, I just have to get things right on the pitch. Silvino exactly. doesn't that's, seem to know. That's the bottom line. He doesn't mm. seem to know how his team wants to be balanced. Last season, that one of their attacking strengths was the fullbacks pushing up. He doesn't like his fullbacks pushing up. Mm. He's worried about the centre halves getting turned. Uh, he's got Denier as his new captain. He hasn't got his midfield balance right. He doesn't seem to know how to integrate Thiago Mendes and Jeffren Adelaide. And Depay is off form, and Dembele's not doing a lot apart from scoring goals. Other than, that, other than that, it's all good. Well, yeah, your caution is like a, a bit of a safety net, and you often need that in France, particularly if you're if you're buying a flat or or, or doing anything like that. A guarantor, a guarantor would be an even better. And I Kate, have another French phrase about uh, about the Lyon situation at the moment, which is the mayonnaise hasn't taken yet. Ah, oh, yes. <laughs> and if anyone has made mayonnaise, you know that you have to get it to to thicken with the oil and the egg yolk. And if it doesn't thicken, you just have two separate ingredients yeah. that never become mayonnaise and that's what the French love to say and for the moment there's no mayonnaise in, in Lyon so far you've said egg on your face mayonnaise we've got a few omelettes coming so up like, later on it's like our is the, the egg and, and, and depai is the uh, flour or no olive oil olive oil or, sorry. Or, or, or oil a bit of mustard perhaps pinch of salt 
some lemon. If Robbie, what were the positives? Well, if you're not going mustard, you go with lemon, Welcome I guess. Welcome to Cooking Weekly. We'll be back again soon. <laughs> I've got the wrong podcast more again. about crepes <laughs> and things. What were the positives for, for PSG? It's obviously a positive that Neymar has now well, played the two games and scored two late winners. Very positive. The positiveness of Thiago Silva as well at the back and the, the fact that Kalon Navas is, uh, is in goal and hasn't conceded a goal as of yet. Idrissa Gay, I would have said, was a, a, a massive positive, except that last night he wasn't as good as he was against Real Madrid. But he but, was incredible but against, he's Real a, against Real Madrid. Against Real Madrid, he was spectacular. Juan Bernat is playing well. It's in midfield, I think, where Paris Saint-Germain have, have made changes. Herrera as well. Herrera is not, is not a, a classy passer of the football. He's not a creator like a Verratti but, or a, a Marquinhos who controls things, but he is industrious. He gets through a mountain of work. He, he's haranguing opposition players. He's harassing them. He's looking for the football, getting start, rid of it. it? First league against start. He's come off the bench the last two games after that calf injury. And, and that industry, that, that hyperactivity in the middle of the park, along with Idrissa Gay as well, who, adds a, a, who can do everything, who's a box-to-boxer, that is the real key. Let's not forget seven players missing through injury already. I don't want to copy Rob, but industry was the word that I was going to use as well, but not to describe the midfield. I was going to use it to describe Neymar and Di Maria. That uh, Last night's game I was watching on French TV from home and at half-time, because there were so few chances, they were struggling for stuff to show. So what they showed was Chupo Moting dropping deep mm. and Neymar and Di Maria haranguing Coming, yeah. that Lyon back three and they were not giving them a moment's respite. I thought Neymar's work rate was first class last mm. night. Wow. Not often we, uh, we say that. Um, Leon uh, are playing away to Brest on Wednesday night. Brest got a draw uh, 2-2 at, at Bordeaux. They won't be a, a pushover in front of their own fans. So big game that for Leon. PSG are at home to Rouse, who are one of the better organised and uh, tenacious teams in Ligue 1. So PSG will have to work, you would imagine, to, to, to get a victory there. Uh, moving on from... Uh, I was going to say moving on from the top of the table, but we are actually staying at the top of the table because Angers, um, against all odds, are up there. They are in second place after a superb victory uh, against Saint-Étienne that Andy Scott saw for us. So Pierre Capel giving a, a rousing ovation as he heads off. The man who got Angers' equalising goal. And he is replaced by Casimir Ninga, the forward from Chad. And at the point now where... Second goal for either team may well be too much to come back from. Angers have come from behind and they have the lead. It's Casimir Ninga. And they could be about to make it 3-1 here. Ninga again. Forward by Bauken. They could be in again. Tube has options. Ninga for the hat-trick. He's done it. 4-1. An incredible second half performance from Angers. So Angers crushing Saint-Étienne by four goals to one. Um, a remarkable result. Just a reminder, uh, before we talk about this game, you're listening to Le Beau Jeu. You can uh, communicate with us. It's an interactive podcast. You can use the hashtag Le Beau Jeu on Twitter or email us at uh, league1podcast at gmail.com. We always welcome uh, your questions. Angers, I have to say, I've got a soft spot for them. They uh, they won promotion in 2015 under Stefan Moulin, uh, the coach who has been in charge as head coach since 2011. He was uh, assistant before then. He was in charge of the youth academy. He is a real Angers man. And uh, and they've 
they've done well generally. They've not struggled against relegation. They finished ninth in their first season up in the uh, in the top tier. They're second at the moment. What is the secret to uh, to this club's success, Armel? I think there's one principal secret, which is their recruitment. They have an absolutely brilliant way of working, considering the club's budget. They they've been ever since they were promoted back to. Ligue 1 in 2015, one of the smallest budgets in the French top flight. And they constantly seem to pick out gems from the lower leagues. You look in the past, well, most recently, the likes of Nicola Pepe, who they got a nice little uh, earner from his transfer yep. from Lille Ren, to... Ren Adelaide. Ren Adelaide, well. yep. Toko Ikambi. Famaradiedu, although he's not quite the same pedigree. But they, they've always picked out these, these players from the lower divisions who have done well for them over a couple of years and then moved on for big money. I think this season we, we can look at uh, El Malali and uh, Ait Nouri, two youngsters yeah. who are doing very, very well for Angers. And I, that that's the key to their success. And it's been built on consistency in the back room with uh, Stefan Moulin. Um, Serge Ledizé, his assistant coach. But yeah, Moulin, for sure. His consistency, the fact that he's been there for so long. We were chatting about him as well, Matt. Longest serving coach in Europe's top five leagues. He is. He is. Since Arsene Wenger stepped down, it's, uh, it's Stefan Moulin. And uh, yeah, he's... I mean, they're, 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 they're an interesting club because we talk about family clubs and, and small clubs. I mean, this is a tiny football club, mm. but they've got three or four people who work day and night, who live... For, for for Angers, the sporting director Olivier Picot has has been hugely important because he's often the guy who is doing these deals. Like you said, Armel, they're often picking up players from from the second division. Matthias Pereira Lage has has come in this summer. He looks like a another good signing. And uh, yeah, small stadium, um, but just impeccably well run. And they've got they've got a spine. Um, that's been there. Roman Toma at the back with Ishmael Traore, mm. very, very solid. The likes of Toma Mangani in, in midfield. Santa Maria. And Mangani's come up from League 2 with them as well. He, mm. he was one of the driving forces that won them promotion. He was part of an MCN, and I'm just trying to think. who that Was it MCN? Because there was the... Capel? Par- no, it wasn't Capel. It was Ndoy. Was, but I'm wondering whether he was not the C. It's got to be Capel. No, it wasn't Capel. There was Mongani. Get back to us on that one. Um, that Nessen, is... <laughs> maybe Roman Saiz, yeah. who was there in the Four first one. season back. 4-1 <laughs> against Saint-Etienne. And Casimir Ninga came off the bench in the 69th minute and scored a hat-trick. It all happened in the second half in this game. And Angers just blew Lever away. Casimir Ninga, a player that you know well, David. And uh, somebody who does tend to blow hot and cold, doesn't he? Yeah, I think he got five goals in two games before a serious injury when he was at Montpellier and uh, they mm. picked him up for under 100,000 euros from Chadian football. He's a Chadian international and we all expected him to kick on from those five goals but that injury really set him back and I don't think we've seen the best of, of Ninga ever since. He didn't do a lot at Caen. At Caen He's yeah. come into Angers now which is a, another sign of their recruitment. Pick up someone who's perhaps lost their way a little bit and try and get them back playing the way they know how. I mean he was if you look at these goals on the, the official YouTube channel of Ligue 1 you'll see he was given an awful lot of space for the three finishes 
Um, but the first, he's so quick. The first man to score a hat trick off the bench since the 07-08 season when two players did it: Irenes Yellen of of Auxerre and Tulio de Mello of Le Mans. Good stats and always corporate as ever, Dave. I'm surprised you haven't been oh, going I'm on bonuses. I'm an incentivized contract. Here. You haven't been going for Liga and Conforama. I'm looking forward to hearing your commentary when it's Liga Uber Eats, and that's his second goal in Liga Uber Eats. What a delivery! And I'm sure it'll be good. hungry for success, etc., etc. I'm working on them now, and that also works nicely for Angers who's you know how every club has their uh, their hashtag that they Absolutely. use online Angers have la dalle angevine which is nothing to do with a an indian lentil dish it's uh, dal French in, actress in... Beatrice Dal. I'll tell you what, guys. Angers. <laughs> okay, you won't tell you then. <laughs> Angers are. <laughs> no, tell what, us. What, what, what does it mean? La dalle means when you're very, very hungry, and Angers, with their small budget, hungry to stay up there and success. Matt, please. They've got la dalle, yeah. Um, yes. What was I going to say? Angers are playing away to Toulouse in midweek, and you know they could get a result there. Then they're at home to Amiens. And then they play PSG. It, it, I, I think we should say now, just to give another stat, I don't want to be the person who gives all the stats here, but they are the top scorers in Ligue 1 with 13 goals. On and they're also second, having, having lost 6-0 against Lyon or 6-1? 6-0. 6-0. And they're second in the standings. Um, I'll tell you what, Saint-Etienne would uh, certainly like to be in their place. They are, they are plummeting at the moment. 17th in the table. They lost away to Ghent. In the uh, Europa League, it's been a, a pretty disastrous week for, for Les Verts. Um, and Gislain Printemps, who is uh, in charge following Jean-Louis, Jean-Louis Gasset's uh, resignation in the summer, he is really struggling. And the old guard that we've often uh, lauded, certainly last season, the likes of Mathieu Debouchy, Loic Perrin, uh, they brought in uh, Johan Cabaye in, in, in the summer. They're looking... They're looking all of a sudden a bit old and a, and a bit slow. Well, weren't, wasn't it all these players that were wanting Gasset to stay and saying, look, Jan and Villa saying, look, if Gasset leaves, I'm leaving. And then it was almost a move from the club to say, look, Gasset is leaving, but we'll, keep, we'll put Pantan in the main position you, to keep all you guys happy. And Villa said, I'm only staying if Pantan takes over. Yeah, okay. So it was so continuity. Got, but so he got yes. the deal. And I'm, I'm sure he's not speaking only by himself and holding mm. the club. It's, a, it's mm. obviously a, the senior players thought that this was the best move. So what is going wrong? The senior players need to need th- to step up here. I think the good thing with Gasset was he made the team look young because Saint-Étienne's team on paper, if you've been following Ligue 1 for five, six years, you think, wow, that looks brilliant. And they probably could have won the title with this team six years ago. But Guys, now- I've got a, a good girl. I've got a rant coming up, so let's go. Oh, merde. Quelle bande de chèvre. C'est mon coup de gueule. In France, I find that... People, journalists, but also coaches, talk an awful lot about how difficult it is to play a lot of football matches. Um, Now, yes, we all know people can get tired and we all know the Europa League takes a lot out of you. But I think this is this is overblown a little bit, a little bit. Now, everybody knows I like to watch Arsenal and I saw Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang play 90 minutes against Frankfurt on Thursday and score. I saw him score a free kick at the end of the game to win against Aston Villa. He was okay. He kept running. But Saint-Étienne... Aubameyang's former club, they felt that Yoan Kabai, uh, Wabi Kasri, Roman Amuma, Loic Perrin, they couldn't play three games in a row. So they all started on the bench against Angers. You know, I, I just think, guys, yes, of course, you, you can't do that over a season. You can't play 70 matches. But, you know, these are, these are important times and these are players, surely, who can? Who can play two games a week? 
I'm with you on this one, Matt. I think uh, the story in the French press is as predictable as the first day of the traffic jams at the start of the summer holiday or when the children do their philosophy exam at the start of the back season. It's uh, they, Everyone in France complains when their clubs get knocked out too early in Europe, which unfortunately has happened a lot, especially in the Europa League. But they also complain when there's nine matches to play in 27 days. If you're playing lots of matches, it shows you're doing well on all fronts. So you want to be playing as many games as possible. And when they play and they get a win in the in the in the cup competitions, the coach will always say it's a the buffet d'oxygen, a, a real <laughs> ball of oxygen. We're doing very well on the French things, aren't we? It gives you a real boost, yeah, yeah. basically that you're riding a wave of not confidence. Not a ball of oxygen; it's more a kind of breath, like a a, 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 a breath of fresh air. Yeah, but it's not really that, is it? It's it's, it's also giving... another eating reference from you. Have you had breakfast this morning? <laughs> Buffet, which means to eat in slang. In <laughs> we had French. a young lad playing for, for Saint-Etienne, uh, Arnaud Nordin, who was uh, Kylian Mbappe's mate at, at Clairefontaine. And a lot of people back then say that Arnaud Nordin was better than Mbappe. I like Arnaud Nordin. I think he's a, a good player, but not certainly not in the same uh, no, but realm he's, as he's Kylian Mbappe. He's 20 as well now, and I think it's probably understandable that he wasn't you know, winning leagues at, at 17 because not everybody is going to do that. But perhaps Arnaud Nordin will, will come on. Saint-Etienne certainly need him to. Reports uh, emerging late on Sunday night that Saint-Étienne had contacted Jean-Louis Gasset to say, Jean-Louis, will you come back, please? And uh, these same reports are saying Jean-Louis Gasset is thinking about it. Would this be the, the right move for Saint-Étienne? I think the, the, poor, the poor man left football to kind of look after his family and take a bit of a break for himself. There comes a point where you have to let people like this kind of just move on well, from the game and you can't keep bringing... The report I read on the situation is by a very well-informed journalist in that part of the country. Mm. Knows a lot about Saint-Étienne, knows Gasset well. And he describes Gasset as being bored now. He's seeing the football oh, happen really? and uh, he's not on the bench. Well, I, I commentated Montpellier the other day and he was in the stands at Le Mosson and he did look, bored. you know, a little bit bored. <laughs> Sometimes. He never looked that enthusiastic even when his Saint-Étienne team were winning games, let's be honest. But the advantage of getting Gasset in is that he knows the club inside out. If he does come in, it's said that he doesn't want to do anything apart from look after the team, which is probably what Saint-Étienne need. Plus, it will, politically, it will play quite well with Pranton because Pranton and Gasset are such good friends. You could see Pranton agreeing to stay on, but in a reduced role. And it's also helping that our, our French friends get this expression out that they often use with, with coaches. Il ne passera pas l'hiver. He won't get through the winter. He won't survive the winter. Because Pranton, uh, if you pronounce it rightly, is spring in French. Everybody's saying printemps won't survive the winter, which is which is which is quite good. Sometimes it's better not to go back. It's better not to, to you know. Mm. Sometimes you have to move on. Not always. My wife, uh, my when she was my, <laughs> when, no, I just want to get this in. When she was my girlfriend, she dumped me, um, and then just about a month later, she came back and said, "Look, I think maybe we should give it another go." And we're now happily married for ten years. So you know, it can work. It can work, but. Look at Monaco. They went back. They went back. They got Leonardo <laughs> Jardim back. Um, but so far, it is looking like they're heading for a second divorce because Monaco could not win again. They played against Rouse and they were under quite a lot of pressure, as Armel Tangi tells us in his commentary. Cross for Moussa Dumbia and a brilliant effort. And it was a very decent response from the former Montpellier stopper. It comes for Golovin on his right foot. Alexander Golovin! Gorgeous save from Petra Krajkovic to keep out Golovin. 
Well, the shot was inched perfect into the top corner. And how about that from the Serbian international goalkeeper? So it finished Raus nil, Monaco nil. On the face of it, perhaps not a not a terrible result for Monaco, getting a point away to a round side that, that's doing pretty well this season. But it's now six matches without a win. Um, Armel, Monaco were missing uh, Slimani and Ben Yedda. How did, how did they look? They looked better. Um, they still lacked inspiration going forward. Cater Balde was uh, pretty useless. He's Gels- a frustrating kind of player, isn't he, Cater Balde? I think. Yeah. He's, he's physically, he's good. He you know be. the talent's there. Yeah, but exactly. It's but it's so hard to Gels- find. Jelson Martins out. is just not the same player he was when he arrived at Monaco last January. Um, Got but the contract. On the on the bright <laughs> on the bright side of things, um, the defence looked a lot better, and also a big sigh of relief for everyone involved with Monaco. Benjamin Leconte played his first match where he looked something like the Benjamin Leconte. The goalkeeper Leconte, signed from Montpellier, where he looked something like the Benjamin Leconte of Montpellier last season, and this was okay against the Rouse side who've only scored four goals so far this season. But uh, I mean, it was it was. Encouraging, really, for Leonardo Jardim's troops. I think their first clean sheet of the season. Interestingly enough now, well, interesting make of what you want of it, but that's now six times this season from six games that a Rouse game has gone in at half-time goalless. So but what I want to know, Dave, I'll, I'll ask you this. Is is Leonardo Jardim going to get them out of it? We've got our man Khan, uh, one of our loyal uh, listeners who's, who's asked the question... Uh, do you think that uh, Jardim is going to be sacked? Reports in the French and Italian media that Claude Puel and Luciano Spalletti are being sounded out. Dave, how do you see this one playing out? I think uh, Leonardo Jardim doesn't know how this is going to play out. That Already you can see the signs of weaknesses. When you get your team together to ask them how you should play, which is what is reported happened last midweek, and the team says we need to play with three centre-backs and you acquiesce, for me, that's a sign of weakness rather than strength. Although it is important to listen to your players, you should be the person dictating the way your team plays. I think um, having already got one big payoff from Monaco, I'm, I wouldn't say no to a second payoff in his position. He's still get another job somewhere else. But I think he has got the motivation to try to turn things around. Ben Yedder and Slimani should be back. He's got the players. He does. And he got the players that he asked for this summer in the end, belatedly. Bakayoko, I should have mentioned as well, looked very Mm. good. He's uh, going to be really important to any revival that they have. Um, He can do the running for Fabregas. but Ben Yedder and Slimani should be back for the Derby game on Tuesday night at home to Nice. It's a really big week for Jardim and for the club. I mean, we know that Puel still lives very close to Monaco. He coached them to the league and title at the start of the millennium. Uh, and he's a, a disciplinarian and he'd get those players working very hard uh, should Jardim leave. I think he'll be given a bit more time, at least until the next international window next month. It's a funny place, Monaco. I, I, I had the pleasure of spending a day with a, with a former star for Monaco John Collins down there and it's just quite funny because you keep bumping into people like well John Collins does because he knew he, he, <laughs> he, he knows everybody there's only I think 20,000 people in, in Monaco yeah that's right um, we saw Jeannot Petit the former the former coach bumped into him um, you, you can imagine we didn't see Claude Puel but you can imagine him uh, doing his jogging along the Corniche every morning and uh, well this is basically what happened when Henri took over wasn't it Jardim was still living there yeah. he was still talking to the Russians who run the club yeah. and they thought well Giving we need to change 100 days on 
Why didn't we get Leonardo back? We got rid of him too early. Do you remember when Henri was unveiled and Ali Benabia was in his dressing gown opposite? <laughs> <laughs> they just had a chat over the balconies. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's quite funny. And I remember the day before the, the Juventus semi-final in the Champions League, we were on our way back to the hotel at about midnight, bumped into Benjamin Mendy and we thought, well, why, is, why is he not in bed? And we, we, we were all a bit surprised. And he was left out of the starting 11. We're like, oh, he's being punished for being out. But actually, yeah, he, he, he had an injury. And uh, he didn't need to get to bed early. Yeah, but it's true. You do you do see a lot going on. You see a lot of <laughs> coffees being taken in in hotel lobbies between people you're quite surprised to bump into. But there you go. There's an agent having a coffee with a, a former footballer, or a former footballer having a coffee with a current coach. It happens. Robbie, wide ranging question. This one from Sports Joanna on on Twitter. How did the Monaco management team mess this up so badly after their superb Champions League semi final campaign two years ago? Was there zero planning involved? Well, we spoke about this a few weeks ago, didn't we, about the, the impact of Luis Campos as well, who, who, who left the club, and that meant that they were taking more risks, perhaps, in their recruitment, in spending a lot of money, and, and perhaps that's one reason why it didn't, didn't work out. I, I was going to make this comment about when we were chatting about Angers and Stéphane Moulin. It's just the, and it's more of an observation rather than a, than a judgment, but the coaching situation, the, it seems that, you know, you have your principles as a coach. You try and put them in place. Sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. And, and obviously there are coaches that have more success. But you look at Zidane at the moment who comes in and wins three Champions League titles. And all of a sudden at the start of this season, he, take, he, get, he leaves and comes back a bit like Jardim. And he's struggling. Look at Claudio Ranieri at, at Monaco, who was a star, brought them up. They bought him a whole new side with all millionaire players and huge world-class players. He did brilliantly to get them to second place in the league. And then the next year, just disastrous. Well, think, Off he goes. Go and, goes the Monaco situation the is all about selling the players. If after the 2017 title-winning team, they'd kept that team together, I'd have backed them to win the title again the next year. But you sell key players, you lose that balance and that team spirit. I, I watched Monaco train a lot that year and you could see joy, the way the players enjoyed being together and made fun of each other whenever they lost the ball when they were doing their keep up exercises and stuff and when I went back to watch them train again the next year some of it was still there but you could see that an element had gone but that's that chemistry that as a coach you you hope to find that balance and that's in your recruitment as well I think that's what you're saying is that you have a group of guys that love to play together and you you create that that chemistry but sometimes when it's not there what is the coach meant to do does he try and be more disciplined does he try and enforce his principles does he listen to the players to try and give them more responsibility all these elements that that come into to just making the coaches a success or a failure might sound silly as well but following on from Dave's point you have to take into account the amount of different nationalities they have in that squad it's not going to be easy for a cohesion to just appear when you're bringing six seven players in every single transfer window you've got Chileans Russians Germans, you've got Spanish players, it's players from all French. over the world that French, believe it or not, <laughs> no, in the Monaco. communication thing. I, this came up in the Lyon PSG game last night because Lyon were hemmed back in on the left hand side, and Yusuf Kone was thinking about passing it back to Anderson. And Anderson, to get his message across, had to resort almost to a dance move saying, Please don't give me the ball, like, waving his hands, knock it long, knock it long, because they don't seem to have a, a language in common yet. Monaco are second from bottom. They've got three points from, from six matches. Um, their neighbours, 20 kilometres uh, up the Côte d'Azur, OGC Nice, are up in third. They're level on points with second-placed Angers, 12 points to their name. They, they won. It was their fourth win of the season uh, on Saturday night. 
They defeated Dijon by two goals to one. Okay, Dijon are bottom and Dijon are struggling, but Dijon actually fought quite well. They took the lead. Nice managed to come back. Kasper Dolberg in his second appearance uh, scored. The former Ajax striker who's going to have a big role this season for Patrick Vieira's team. And uh, they did manage to get that that 2-1 victory. And uh, it's probably not the opponent that Monaco would choose this this Tuesday night. Nice haven't won at the Louis Deux for five years. But Vieira has uh, certainly got that spirit and seems to be, seems to be molding a, a strong team. Well, I like this Nice side. And, and let's not forget that they've had a very, very difficult summer as well. There are no transfers until the final week when finally Ineos and, and Sir Ratcliffe uh, got the ownership of the club at last, as they call him, Sir Ratcliffe, down in down on the Côte d'Azur now. Sir Jim, Sir Jim. Right. And so, Bob runs it. What? Yeah, and Bob runs, runs it. the football but, side of things. But Ineos, His brother. Ineos have taken over. They quickly brought in the likes of Unas, Dolberg. I think there were a couple of others. That, Maurice and yep, Soki. From, yes, and Soki as well from PSG. Maurice from the second division. These... We know that Patrick Vieira last season had a very defensive side. They struggled to score goals, whether it was Balotelli or Saint Maxima. I think their top scorer was Atal, who finished with seven, I think, for the for the whole season. This year now, they have finally got their attacking recruits, their new players. If they can maintain that defensive stability that they had last year, there's no reason why Nice won't go on. And the whole Ineos uh, philosophy is about finding these young players, finding value, players with a lot of potential to come through, to come in. If they can start picking out very talented youngsters to come in, like Dolberg looks to be, it was a very yeah. fine goal on the weekend. It was a good goal they, from they, Dolberg they, and a brilliant yeah. winner from, from Yusuf Atal. And they, kept, and they managed to hold on to Yusuf Atal because he was another one that was very heavily linked with the move away. We'll see how good they really are over the next few weeks, though, because you look at their fixture list now, Monaco on Tuesday, then they're home to Lille, away to Nantes, home to Paris Saint-Germain and Strasbourg. It's a difficult run of games they've got between now and the end of October, and we'll really see what they're made of, I think. But if you look at the standings, you know, behind Paris Saint-Germain, given uh, Lyon's very disappointing form, given that Marseille perhaps don't have the squad and they're still, you know, they're, 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 doing, they're doing okay. They've got 10 points from, from the last four games, but still finding their feet under VS Boas. You know, there, there, there are places up for grabs in, in the top three. And uh, nice, nice could well be a contender. You mentioned Armel, they're playing Lille uh, next weekend. That'll be a, a big game because Lille are, are doing pretty well, particularly uh, at home. But they managed to get an away point at last at the weekend and a good one it was to away to Wren. David Crossan uh, commentated... Ren versus Lille. Ozzyman. He's so fast, is Ozzyman. Squares it for Ikone. And Lille have the lead and they deserve it. It's Lille's first goal away from home of the season. And it's been scored by the newly capped French international, Jonathan Ikone. Lots of space for Traore. That's a good ball. Chance. Oh, and it's been headed in by the substitute, Adrian Unu. Ren's first attempt on target is the equaliser from Unu. Well, David Crossan uh, commentating uh, an Iconi goal. He's been one of the few critics or, or doubters, let's say, of Jonathan Iconi through the years. Iconi, it's quite funny. I was actually at the Stade de France uh, the other day sitting next to Dave when Iconi came on. Who was it against? Albania. Albania yeah. Came on against Albania. Was that memorable, that game? And scored. <laughs> and Dave's face was like, oh. Oh dear, I'm going to get stick now. But uh, Iconi scored again. It was a good uh, layoff from uh, Ossiman, a good cross from Ossiman. And uh, and Lille got a point, a deserved point, Dave? Uh, yeah, they, they'll feel that they 
might have won it because they had all the shots on target in the first half. I'd just like to say that Ikone's now got as many club goals this year as he has international goals. And if you listen back to oh. if you listen back to Labozio last season, <laughs> my criticism of Ikone was less about his talent. It was more about the fact that he needed to provide more goals and more assists. He yeah, plays well, very high up the pitch. He's quick and he is talented. Clearly, Didier Deschamps is not listening to Labozio. I, I think he would. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll ask him next time I see him. Um, so. I think Aussie men for me was Lille's standout player again because as well as his ability to score goals, he showed he can create them and he just harasses defenders. They're scared of his pace and physicality. Uh, in the midfield, Lille were okay. Uh, Andre had a, a couple of shaky moments. He got a lovely reception from his former teammates, the, the Rennes captain last year when they beat Paris Saint-Germain to win the Coupe de France. Um, Ren came back quite nicely in the game. Um, there were still not that many chances, but they did look better when Unu came on. And I, I still find Unu a very interesting player because he, he is not the most talented, but he's got a very, very good football brain. His movement was exceptional when he came onto the pitch and he scored a good header from Traore's cross. Is he a bit like Ren's Valère Germain? I suppose a little bit, yeah. And he's, he's had some injury problems this year. He's barely played. And that was a statement from him saying that I should be up there playing with Mbanyong a little bit more. And uh, I think uh, he does deserve a bit more game not time really, based on that. not really like Germain as a player, though. No, he plays a bit deeper than Germain. But they're, be- they're both... Yeah. But they're not, the, they're, not, they're not the most physical, imposing forward players. I mean, Uno, I think, is, a, is more and more a forward, actually. I think we, we didn't really yeah, know the first few seasons. Gradually, he's moved further and yeah, further forward. Yeah, I think so. And I think he, he will finished, end up being like a, a number nine. last season quite strongly in terms yeah. of goals. Yeah, he ended up he? with seven goals last year in the league. Um, yeah, so I was impressed by him. Leia Saliki added some energy when he came on. Um, Ren, to, talking about this two games in three days business, they only made uh, a couple of changes and one of them was enforced because of Damien De Silva getting hurt against Celtic and physically I thought they stood up to Lille quite well given that Lille had had a, uh, two days extra rest after losing to Ajax. Yes, Lille badly beaten in, in Ajax although they did uh, they had a lot of chances and uh, I think uh, 3-0 is, is, is a harsh scoreline even though Ajax played brilliantly. I think 4-2, 4-3 would have been, would have been fair because Lille... Lille, Lille played some some good football. It was a, a mixed bag for, for yeah, French clubs. Yeah, but it's clubs. also a big baptism for them, isn't it? Against yeah. a, a side that played semi-final in the Champions League last year. We know that very few of that Lille side had played Champions League football before. I think it was Jose Font's first ever Champions League match at 35 years of age. Yep. And a, a well-travelled European champion Did with Portugal. Crystal Palace never play in the Champions League. Yeah. <laughs> But, no, uh, you know, they'll be better for that, that defeat and they won't be so nervous next time or they won't have so much excitement. Yeah, I think it's good they started energy. with an away game and then when they're at home yeah, to Chelsea exactly. next I time out, they haven't had their final word yet. Nice, easy home game for them. Um, so, yeah, they, they lost. PSG, of course, beat Real Madrid 3-0. Lyon drew 1-1 at, at home to Zenit St. Petersburg despite Armel assuring us that they would win 4-0 in that game, but it finished 1-1. But uh, all still to play for, of course, for those three clubs. If we look at the, uh, the league gun standings, Lille are in that, let's say, chasing pack. They're, they're just behind um, the top three. They've got 10 points. They're in sixth. Rennes are still above them on 11 points. They're in fourth. And uh, in between those two clubs, Olympique de Marseille, who after their stuttering start to the season, are still going pretty well. Three wins on the bounce. And then um, at the weekend, they had to come from behind against Montpellier in what was a very tough and tight game, a game that was commentated by uh, by yours truly. Flora Molles won it, and Molles' cross has been turned into the net by Bounassar. Montpellier with the lead. Radonic again, 
The cross has got a long way, Germain! At last, the pressure pays. Marseille back on level terms. Four minutes of added time to play as Radonjic reacts a little bit there to Ferry and now Chileta Sar is furious and tempers have boiled over. Red for Ferry. And Bubica Camera as well has been dismissed. Another card showed. I think uh, Hyatt booked for his reaction there. Hyatt's been sent off. Well, he was initially shown a yellow card. He is going absolutely crazy now, Dimitri Payet. A fraught end. Well, it finished one apiece. That doesn't tell the whole story. It was actually a, a pretty interesting game. Montpellier uh, played extremely defensively. They managed to, to take the lead. Uh, a mistake from Jordan Amavi, who lost possession, and uh, Mole whipped it in from, from the right-hand side. And uh, it, was, it was a comedy of errors at the back from Marseille, and Bounassar ended up... Uh, deflecting the ball into his own net. Um, Marseille had to chase, they had to, to harry, and actually I thought they showed a lot of spirit. I thought that Marseille team last season under Rudy Garcia would have uh, would have been finished off by Montpellier on the counter. They were very nearly finished off. Andy Delors twice had goals ruled out by VAR, twice but for fractional offsides. He, he couldn't believe it, but I think it was probably fair enough that Marseille got a point. They, they, they put a lot of pressure on, and Valo German got uh, his second goal of the week, uh, turning in a Radonjic uh, cross, the, the Serb who hasn't, uh, hasn't contributed much since he joined the club, but he came on and, uh, and he set up that goal for Germain. And then at the end, um, it, all, it all went a bit crazy. There was uh, an almighty fracas that saw uh, Jordan Ferry sent off and Bubakar Kamara sent off. And then uh, in the dying seconds, Dimitri Payet got absolutely furious with the referee. Marseille were trying to push for a a winning goal, he gave a free kick and Payet got angry, um, Payet got a yellow card, he then got angry again and, and, and he got a red card. So, so Marseille are going to have suspension uh, difficulties ahead of uh, their game against Dijon on, on Tuesday. But, uh, you know, I think, I think VS Boas can be satisfied. If you look at the new coaches who have come in, Silvino still doesn't seem to have a grip on, on his Leon side. VS Boas has a limited squad, but uh, I don't know if you guys around the table agree, but, I, you know, I think he's... He, he's, if not getting the best out of them, at least he's showing signs that there is a plan in place and there are improvements being made. Well, Gonzalez is out as well for about yeah, he, five. Alvaro Gonzalez, the centre-back they signed from Villarreal this that was summer. A, sorry, Armin, that, that was interesting because they were solid for about 15 minutes. Mm. Al, Alvaro Gonzalez went off, uh, Chaleta Sar came on and all of a sudden there were, there were holes in the defence. Yeah, I think, like I said for for Nice a few minutes ago, I think we're going to enter a period of the season now when we see what teams are, are really made of, and none more so than for Marseille, who are going to start this week without Payet, without Alvaro Gonzalez, without Bubakar Camera, who may be a young player, but he's made himself very important in that team. Of course, Tovar still out. It's going to be a real test now for for Andre Villas-Boas, who, as you say, I agree, he's started well. He's done good things with this team that. Uh, not didn't necessarily look particularly exciting at the start of the season. Um, I predicted they'd finish in the top three at the start of the season. I'm going to stand by that. I think they can, but uh, it'll so be... I'll tell you what, Payet, Payet looked hungry. I mean, he... he, he everything, <laughs> Careful sorry, what you say now. <laughs> everything was going through him, um, and and that has to be a good sign. The mm. other good sign is that Benedetto didn't, didn't, get, didn't get a chance, but Germain is chipping in, so... They're not totally reliant on 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 Benedetto. 
Um, we'll have to see how they cope with uh, with these suspensions. It is almost time to, to wrap up. Um, Dave, hungry as ever to talk, but uh, perhaps you can come in on our last segment, Dave. It is uh, bon voyage. We're going to have to uh, to get on the road this midweek because there's a, a lot of action uh, to look forward to. I'm going to leave right now, Matt. I'm, I'm going to head straight to the airport to fly to Nice and then take the shuttle across to Monaco. Uh, I've seen the forecast awful in Paris. It's going to rain all week. I'm hoping it's going to be a bit better down there. And I also really want to see the derby. I want to see whether Jardim can get an improvement out of his side with Ben Yedder and Slimani, hopefully back for them uh, against Nice, who are, who are going really well. As you we should, you can rent a scooter, Dave, and go on say. the pilgrimage. I'll take the helicopter. The- do it in a helicopter. Okay. No, because all oh. the Nice fans, they go on their scooters yeah, as well. As exactly. French call scooters. What do we call them? Mopeds. Mopeds. Or, yeah. yeah, mopeds. Yeah. Motorbikes, mopeds. And, and, and they dryers. do the, the, the 20 kilometers through the tunnels and stuff. And it's, 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 it's fantastic. And then when they arrive at the principality, usually they gather and they do their, their, their songs. We're arriving and you see sort of supermodels and, and various people walking past thinking, who are, who are these people? What's going on here? <laughs> ah, there's your derby. Should be good. Any, any other offers? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think I'm going to follow Bordeaux now pretty much every week. I'd like to introduce a, a new feature just for myself to the podcast, the, the Jimmy Brion watch, because he's on 95 Ligue 1 goals now, almost by default, having played near on 500 Ligue 1 games. But <laughs> I, he's, he's got two in his last two, and I really hope he keeps it going and reaches the Jimmy 100. Jimmy Brion, he, he, he's one of these guys, it's always a bit harsh to say this, but he's one of these strikers who's been good but not quite good enough to get a move abroad. It, before it was it, it was Sidney Govu who was who was good, and he scored a lot of goals in that brilliant Leon team. And maybe it's a bit harsh to say he wasn't good enough because he, he was a proper le- he was a proper leader. And you know, of Did course, Brion. Well, Edinson Cavani is on 194 oh, right. goals, I think. So it could be a race between Jimmy Brion and <laughs> Cavani to see who gets to 100 and 200 first. But uh, and Cavani maybe not too far away from coming back. Remarkably, he's only got double figures in Liga twice in his career. Maybe he can get five against Amiens on Wednesday. That's where I'm going. He must be the only person who will be going to the Stade de la Licorne in Amiens to see if Jimmy Brion can can, can score chi- five can can get his way towards <laughs> towards 100. Um, it's been good fun. It's been hopefully an enjoyable listen for you all. Don't forget to, to get in contact on our email address, League 1 Podcast or League One Podcast at gmail.com or using the hashtag Le Bourgeois on Twitter. Enjoy all of the weekend's action. We'll be back next week from me, Matt Spiro, David Crossan, Bobby Thompson, and Armel Tangi. It's time to say au revoir. Et à très bientôt. Au revoir. 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 Au revoir.